0: Welcome to Right Spokane Perspective with your hosts, Mike Fagan and Tim Benn, where opinion, fact, informative, and your alert system. Now let's get ready to rumble. Good day once again, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for rejoining Mike and Tim on Things Aren't as Gassy as We Thought this Wednesday episode here on Right Spokane Perspective. Now, astronaut Chris Ferguson made a difficult decision as the commander of the flight crew scheduled for a journey to the International Space Station. But that decision didn't have anything to do with the mechanics of flight or the safety of his fellow astronauts. Instead, it pertained to what he considered his most important work, his family. Ferguson opted to keep his feet planted firmly on earth so that he could be present for his daughter's wedding. We all face difficult decisions at times, decisions that cause us to evaluate what matters most to us in life, because one option comes at the expense of the other. Jesus aimed to communicate this truth to his disciples and a crowd of onlookers regarding life's most important decision, that was to follow him. To be a disciple, he said, would require them to deny themselves in order to walk with him. They might have to be tempted to spare themselves the sacrifices required of following Christ and instead seek their own desires, but he reminded them it would come at the price of that which matters much more. We're often tempted to pursue things that seem of great value, yet they distract us from following Jesus. Let's ask God to guide us in the choices we face each day so we'll choose wisely and honor him. You know the drill, folks. Father God, you are a loving God. We want to walk with you. Please help us to recognize and choose the paths that will foster a deeper connection to you. In your son's Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to your Wednesday episode. Things aren't as gassy as we thought. And let me kind of grease the skids, if you will. You know, uh, prior to the midterm election, you were hearing from a bunch of candidates. And a lot of those candidates ended up identifying two significant gas price increases that were going to be going into effect. That were passed by the Democrat-controlled Washington State Legislature this last session. We were looking at a gas price increase last spring, and then there was going to be about a 46 to $0.50 gas increase everybody was talking about that was going to go into effect on the 1st of January of 2023.
1: Well, we heard numbers upwards of uh, 60%. Oh, yeah.
0: yeah, Yeah. you betcha. And we went ahead and did a little bit of digging, and I think that our good buddy, Tim, is going to educate us on what is really really going on behind the scenes with this gas tax increase called cap and trade.
1: Yeah, cap and trade. Well, and it's something that I couldn't wrap my head around because we interviewed those candidates. They talked about the gas price increase, but I didn't see things in the media. I didn't see economic articles or news when you're when you're talking about any energy production, cost of energy. We saw a lot of articles having to do with those things but nothing really pointed specifically in Washington state to a giant change and and the reason why is because It's not a law like our gas tax laws currently are where our state legislatures control of our transportation budget. And with that budget, they will increase gas taxes that we directly pay that reflect what you would call a user fee. I'm going to use the roadway, whether your vehicle gets 10 miles to the gallon because it's an old pickup truck, one ton or whatever, or it's a a hybrid vehicle that's getting 50 miles to the gallon or a 78 Datsun 210 that got 50 miles to the gallon. Sure. Sure. In the 70s, right? So you're using the roadways. They're looking at the miles of people driving, the wear and tear on the road, how much money needs to be brought in to keep our state's infrastructure funded, right? So I'm not really opposed to a user fee tax system. And myself. Maybe that's a libertarian view. I don't really view myself as a libertarian because that is about as confusing as, as this new gas tax. That you're going to
0: talk about? That I'm <laughs> going to talk about because,
1: you know, if, if we're going to use something, let's go ahead and pay for it. You know, I want Department of Natural Wildlife to you know, preserve our state lands that we're going to go hunting on and and understand that we have a food supply for emergency. Plus we have the hunting going on. So you buy a hunting license, you pay for tags to hunt. So most people aren't opposed to those things because we need that managed. And and then there's a cost to that. Just like with our infrastructure, except this new gas tax is not a new gas tax. Right. It's actually a carbon cap and trade and it's really complicated, so I'm, I'm going to pull some stuff. We're going to dialogue this some, but I'm going to pull some out of a Sunday, January 1st. It was interesting because so much of the news had to do with the U of I murders leading up to Christmas and the New Year's. And then, of course, there was a lot of media, and we talked about it before New Year's, about how, uh, you know, the numbers are rosy, consumer confidence is up. You know, they wanted everyone to go shop, and, of course, that was propaganda from the media because... They serve their advertisers, not their readers. And
0: by the way, buddy, uh, just so that you are aware, the the end-of-the-year number for shopping, it is increased by 7.2%.
1: Right, 7.2%, which is below the inflation we saw over the last (laughs) couple of years. So it wasn't really much of an increase then. But you also saw it was up that percentage, but you look a couple of years back, people had less credit card debt than they do now. Oh, absolutely. So that spending was on borrowed time and money so anyhow there's going to be probably some
0: borrowing from the chinese just like the u.s government does
1: <laughs> right yes and, fe- and federal spending of course so you know this this cap and trade this higher uh, the article at the top of the fold sunday paper spokesman review said higher gas prices or a path toward a better future i don't believe the better future part i believe the higher gas prices i right. think i think we're if we just look at human nature, there's some bad aspects of human nature. But one of the things about human nature is we try to get more out of less all the time. So we're always trying to find efficiencies, ways to be able to make more money, get better benefits, you know, out of our resources.
0: Short of friendly fraud, buddy. (laughs) Right,
1: right. Exactly. Well, there's a lot of friendly fraud in in, uh, government. So, you know, out of this article, it just says, and I'm quoting, some have said that gas prices could see upwards of 50 cent per gallon increases next year, while climate advocates have said a small increase in gas prices is nothing compared to the effect the law will have on our changing environment. So then, you know, there's another quote here. Some price increase could happen further down the line, but experts still aren't sure what that number might be experts don't know what the number is going to be. How are legislators supposed to know know what the number is going to be? How are we as consumers going to know what the number is going to be? And that's that's the biggest problem with laws like this. So this isn't a law that says, well, we're going to pay three cents more a gallon because Mm -hmm. we're going to finish the North South freeway and we're going to fund an electric bus program over in the West side. You know, there's no specifics in it. And that's the biggest problem, I think, that all of us face looking at especially people that that are really dependent on the price of fuel if you run let's say a cab company or you know you do a delivery service or you're you're in an in, in, in industry that really relies heavily on transportation because mm-hmm. that's you know your cost of doing business your cost to serve your your consumers going to go through the roof so this is after all the research I've done what I've found is that It's going to be the slow poison that government often gives us with an income tax Mm -hmm. or a sales tax or like any of the other taxes we've seen where they don't just hit you all in one place to where you're like holy cow, the sales tax just went up and we're paying 28% sales tax. No, they take you a little from here, a little from there, <laughs> yeah. you know, a little more licensing fee, a little bit more business registration fee that makes your your dinner cost more at the restaurant. You know, so they hit you all over the place. You can't point to one thing and blame the government. You're going to say, man, these prices are going up. These companies are really gouging us, right? When really government is taking more and more. So the program is set to cut statewide greenhouse gas emissions by 4.3 million metric tons by the year 2038. According to the Department of Ecology, in 2018, the state emitted a total of 99.6 million metric tons. So we'll just say 100 million metric tons of carbon emissions metric tons in Washington in 2018, right? Uh So the clean fuel standards will work with the cap and trade program to reduce the state's overall emissions to only 5 million metric tons by 2050 how's it going to do that so that means nobody's going to drive a car nobody's going to heat their house with natural gas it means that maybe if we still have some beef in the state some cow flatulence will. Do, you know i mean yeah, th- th- this that is, kind of
0: stuff you this bet. is a
1: completely unrealistic goal in my view but what they're going to do is manipulate this with offsets So you're going to have, you know, this entity is going to create so much energy with less of a carbon footprint. And so then they're going to sell credits to an entity that has more of a carbon footprint, like entities that provide diesel fuel, which... Pretty much delivers everything. Right. If it's a train, if it's if it's in your grocery store, if it's something you can buy off the shelf at any retail store, it was the diesel that got it there, right?
0: Yeah, you betcha. So, but not all industries are going to be impacted by this. I mean, there are some industries that are going to end up getting exempted from it.
1: Well, there already are some. So yeah. the legislature already kind of laid that out inside the law, and this and that's why this law is so bad. It's because it's bureaucratically led. So the legislature might have to tweak things from year to year. But at this point in time, basically the law sets it up to this bureaucracy and committees and task forces can sit around a table and say, how's this working? Are we disrupting any industry that we like? And what do we want consumers to do? How can we control companies, small businesses, large corporations, energy corporations, and the consumer in such a way that they never point the finger at us. Well, they'll always, I, point yeah, the, I, they'll I, always point the finger sure. at the, the industry because they're just right. going to tweak these things to increase our costs across the board. So we're not going to be able to point our finger to government and these bureaucrats that are raising costs here, there, and everywhere. So you're not going to see it at at the fuel pump when you're trying to take your kid to soccer practice or go to the grocery store or have fuel in your car so you can get to the doctor in the pharmacy on a, on a fixed income, you're going to see it across the board everywhere. You're going to see That's it right, yeah. when you're trying to buy lettuce, pharmaceuticals, you're going to try to see it when you buy you know any kind of food product, retail products, when you pay your heat bill, anywhere you do business that has bills they have to pay tied to energy, which is everybody, right? you're going to see a price increase, but it's going to be one or 2%. So that 60% or that 50 cents a gallon that was projected by some people running for office prior to the election, it's kind of true, but it's not because it's so spread out everywhere that you're not going to see it in one location. You're just going to see that you have less money overall. So it just makes everyone poorer and where the money goes is really dubious
0: yeah, it goes into the bureaucracy, so it the goes bureaucracy in- cons- consisting of government and nonprofits and and other entities like that.
1: Well, it does. And and of course, they're going to try to encourage a change in consumer behavior behavior exactly and so i'll just quote this right from the article earlier this year department of ecology gave more than 40 companies in washington free allowances to use in the cap and trade program as designed by the legislature the companies and industries that release large amounts of greenhouse gas emissions but face competition from other states that might cause them to leave washington for other areas with fewer environmental regulations. So the examples are manufacturing of metals, paper, wood, chemicals, petroleum refining, and asphalt paving. Now, if you look at those, not only are those manufacturers going to leave the state and go somewhere else because it it kills their competitive advantage sure, because it gives a competitive advantage to other corporations that are located elsewhere. It also hurts government costs because if you think about government infrastructure and, you know, large employers where government gets a whole bunch of money from those employers because they've, you know, obviously we're going to have all these taxes that leave the region if those employers leave, you know, and obviously asphalt, paving production that's going to affect the state's transportation budget which would be basically the exact negative of something having to so this is coming out of energy and we're talking about basically gas taxes and taxes around gas and fuels and energy and they would actually chase off people that have to do with energy infrastructure as well oh yeah so so that's why they kind of decided to exempt those entities because it would destroy the purpose of their law it would make their law look like it was evil and destroy industries and of course you can't have that. They got to play the game on both sides. And it doesn't matter what those industries are omitting or what their greenhouse gas or carbon footprint is. It matters about manipulating the consumer, manipulating economies while still keeping their dirty air suppliers in business. You bet.
0: That being said, we'll be back in about a minute or so, folks.
1: To our Spokane area veterans and their
0: families, if you haven't checked out the Hilliard Veterans of Foreign Wars post-1474, located at Diamond and Regal Street in Spokane, you gotta be there or be square. The Hilliard VFW is there to assist you and yours with all your VA questions. Give them a call at 487-3784. Weekly bingo, cards, bowling, dart tournaments, and meal specials are just a few more things that the Hilliard VFW offers. Stop on by, give them a call, 487-3784. And welcome back from the break, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for joining Mike and Tim on things aren't as gassy as we thought this Wednesday episode here on Right Spokane Perspective. I still think it all stinks, man.
1: <laughs> yeah, it all has that uh, it does. It odor does. of legislative bureaucratic flatulence. Yeah, so and, you know, gassy. I can see
0: how they would definitely want to accept those because, you know, like I said, at the end of the day, they don't want the bad guy finger pointed back at them. And who else is using the likes of asphalt paving? I mean, you know, in an, in a major way, it would be the state government, it'd be county government it'd be city government city government right so you
1: you just inflate the cost
0: what john q public individual utilizes asphalt services to that degree none
1: yeah i don't think your driveway is going to make a big big impact there so you know obviously they want to you know protect their own interests and attack other interests that other people have to pay for. It. sure. You buy it. Um, and of course, I mean, it's going to affect state government you know, costs by some extent, except for the fact that the government's planning on raking in billions and billions and billions of dollars this way over the next decade or so. So we'll just go back to the article because there's already a lawsuit. So they went ahead and exempted these certain interests, right? Petroleum refining, asphalt paving, but not all. Right. So now they're picking winners and losers. And when government does that, obviously they're infringing on equal rights. Yes, thought, they are. I thought the leftists were about equal rights. Wow. But so we're picking winners and losers all the time and they're taxing some and not others, regulating some, not others. The bureaucrats will be attacking some and not others. And and they're they're taking the power out of the legislative branch and putting it into the executive branch by putting these bureaucrats under total control, how these systems work and the legislature won't get back involved unless there's a public outcry. So part of the public outcry might have to do with corporations suing. Mm -hmm. And then now you got the courts involved. So the designation has led to some controversy among those required to take part in the program. And and a lot of this article and a lot of the, the, everything is a government program. If it's a tax, if it's a fee, if if it's free stuff for someone, it's all a government program. And that's how government operates is through programs. If it's a You know, we're talking about grants and funds and everything dispersed through and into government. It's all part of a government program that typically the legislature gives, either creates or gives bureaucracies the power to create and administer. Right. So uh, throughout this, they were talking about the program kind of like it's voluntary, but Mm -hmm. it's only voluntary for some. The vast majority of entities that will be involved with this cap and trade program, it won't be voluntary. (laughs) We'll just put it that way. So basically, the controversy that required people and entities to take part in the program included a natural gas power plant that is suing the state. Now, of course, a lot of our power, we come to think that Hydro is most of our power, but it's really not. No. Hydro power is a big piece. It is. But a lot of our power is still coming from nuclear and natural gas. Now, the natural gas power that we have basically increased capacity and got rid of the coal plants, mm-hmm. more or less, over the last several decades. And natural gas was, you know, much cleaner. Yeah. But that's there. That's not clean enough anymore, right? Because we're getting rid of natural gas in new construction and in a lot of building code, right? Which is insane, but that's we live in Washington, so <laughs> we come to expect it. So according to the Seattle Times, Chicago-based Invenergy will be required to take part in the program, but said other natural gas power plants are receiving free allowances, basically free carbon credits, which could give them a competitive advantage according to the lawsuit. Through the exact revenue though the exact revenue is unknown because they don't know how the bureaucrats are going to administer this whole thing and how who they're going to give free allowances to, how much they're going to charge for each allowance and each tax credit. Purchasing of allowances likely will raise billions of dollars for the state, which must use the revenue on programs that fight climate change and help those who are more likely to be affected by it, such as low-income people and people of color. Now, that's kind of the, where I find an interesting factor of this because you have all of this money it's going to go out to obviously nonprofits, quasi-governmental entities or public-private partnerships they call them or community organizations right and so they're going to try to help people of color Well, which people are those? Are those the Rachel Dolezals? Are those people that are already benefiting from multiple other programs where you have kind of this nonprofit industrial complex where there's some people of color that have gotten really wealthy, but the poorer neighborhoods really didn't see See
0: any benefit? Yeah.
1: A whole lot of benefit. Well, sometimes they got the crumbs, right? Nancy. Nancy Pelosi's crumbs they got some of those but that was all they got they got crumbs and they got promises that said we're gonna improve this we're gonna improve that and really all they got was a whole bunch of window dressing right right. and you know then you also have this whole thing with people of color well what do they mean by people of color oftentimes what that means is lgbtq and african-american and now we have a new influx. You know, what's African-American, I think, represents about 13% of the U.S. population. Is that about right, Mike? Yes. So what's the Latino or Latina, or they want to call it Latinx. That's not even a word, but, you know, <laughs> the left has tried to push it. So how much of the population is represented by our Hispanic Americans?
0: Oh, that's a good question, man. I think it's much more than
1: 13%.
0: Kind of thinking, yeah,
1: you Uh, might be right. And I think as the uh, Hispanic community get more Latinos and Latinas into elected offices, they're going to say, hey all this free money that's getting thrown around for this carbon tax credit thing. You know, when you're talking about housing or how disparities, I think the African-Americans might actually start need to start looking at these policies because I think they're going to lose influence over time because I mean, it's kind of a racist policy, really what you should be doing. If you're going to look at how people are affected by climate change, if that's really going to be a goal, which I don't know that it should be, but if it is, it should be people affected. Yes. Right. Cause that's, we're supposed to be about equity, right? hmm And equality. And if you start basing it on race, then it's not equitable. No. Then it's more... I don't know, racist. I I, I didn't think we were supposed to have policies based on race. So I think there's some problems there. I think there'll be a lot of money that goes into organizations. And over the years, we've seen some organizations led because things that were based on color. And what happened was it was a complete fraud. I mean, look at what Black Lives Matter did for any African-American movement out there that wanted to, you know, hold together African-American family, build up the African-American community and country, and they got pushed off to the wayside because look, Black Lives Matter well, it's going to uh, do it Tim, all. I mean, and I'm sure you'll it was agree. They built large mansions. You yeah, know, they, they yeah, stole the large, money. Yeah,
0: yeah, buy large mansions. They, exactly. They stole the money. I was going to say. I mean, you know, the only thing that they were pushing <laughs> is pushing their money out away from the the hands of the communities that they promised to rebuild or build up. And they went out and they squandered that money buying yeah. mansions and stuff like this.
1: Right. And and, I
0: and paying their friends. Have they gone to jail yet for that? No, I haven't heard anything about anybody going to jail yet, but boy, that sure would be nice to hear about.
1: Maybe the the, uh, January 6th commission will take that up (laughs) (laughs) because there was a lot of violence. And anyways, probably not going to happen. Another thing about this article that I found really Interesting. And it was just two paragraphs and it really should have been about half the article. Uh-huh. And I'm just going to read these two paragraphs. The Washington Trucking Associations wrote a letter to the Department of Ecology with concerns for rising gas prices and too few options for electrifying the trucking fleet. While we feel the urgency to continue down the path to decarbonize the trucking industry, we feel a delay to implement impacts to gas and diesel users is a prudent path given to today's conditions, the president and CEO Sherry Call wrote in July. Now, here's the interesting thing. They've ca- talked about decarbonizing the trucking industry. If you want to decarbonize the trucking industry, when you're talking about carbon credits, most of that's going to have to be done through buying and, and di- different manipulations of what these tax credits are worth and mm-hmm. the allowances of them being worth. Because yes, maybe you could have local trucking inside of your city, your local delivery trucks. You could have some of those being electrified, right? Because they're driving short distances, They're sitting idle while they're unloading and unloading and checking in deliveries at local stores up and down the street through a routing system, right? Mm -hmm, So they're more mm -hmm. effective, more efficient. Many of them are only driving 25, 30, 40 miles a day. But I can tell you regionally when you're talking about the the farm industry, when you're talking about those commodity trailers that you see hauling bulks of, whether it's potatoes or corn or, or whatever it is, any kind of food product, when you're talking about regional trucking where these guys are driving hundreds of miles a day, And the freight that they're hauling needs to be the maximum payload so that you're reducing not just your carbon footprint, but the cost of the carbon called fuel. Right, right. right. So when you're looking, so the semi I drive, I can haul up to 105,500 pounds. Mm -hmm. Okay. These electric semi-trucks that they've looked at so far, it would take about three to four, probably four of these newer electric semi-trucks they've come up with to haul what I haul in one trip. So you're talking about tire wear, and a lot of people haven't heard this term yet, but there is tire pollution hmm. That's becoming a, a big thing. They're starting to look at tackling. So you've got tire wear and pollution. And of course, with electric vehicles, we'll be talking later in the week about how that's much worse for the environment than your gas or diesel option when you're coming to uh, tire pollution. But you're also looking at what how many vehicles are you going to have on the road? right now now you're not just hauling the freight you talk about the ruts in the roadway and the they call it devastation to the roadway you know like your studded tires and your heavy semi-trucks or your heavy school buses or not school buses heavy sta buses right what you have is these which vehicles. mind you
0: and let's further qualify that we're talking about heavy on one side only <laughs>
1: Typically heavy on the battery side,
0: (laughs) yeah, on the right side
1: where you see the the heaving asphalt over the edge of the curve (laughs) and the deep (laughs) ruts from your uh, STA buses. But so you have these local delivery trucks that are you know they're weighing you know forty thousand pounds, twenty you know it depends on what they're distributing. They're going to weigh a lot more. They're going to do more damage to your roadways because of their weight. Now, of course, paving is exempted in this cap and trade. Right. So if they have to pave more and redo roadways, which is, you know, you drive by when they're paving the road and you see that black cloud coming up from their asphalt machine. I think that's a carbon emission. Yes, it is. But but we're going to ignore that one because it doesn't suit the the purpose of this law (laughs) and saving the environment. But for these local delivery trucks, they're going to damage the roadways much more. Then if you talk about the regional ones, it'll take four trucks to haul the same load. They're actually hauling a lot more load because they have the weight of all those batteries pushing down on the road and the freight. So they're going to do a lot more damage to the roads. And where are you going to find all the truck drivers? (laughs) Who knows? So they talk about these autonomous trucks. I don't think the autonomous trucks can drive in the winter roads that I've been seeing lately. <laughs> the, the, the sensors on everybody's semi-trucks right now, that are supposed to aid the driver in safe driving. Most of those are not working because they're iced over, driving conditions. They, sure. If they can't see the lane, you as the driver can see the ditch. The, the computer's looking at the lane.
0: Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, if anybody was paying attention during the Christmas holidays here, folks, I'm sure that you will agree that Snoqualmie Pass was closed a lot more than it was open.
1: Yeah, there over was, the last two to yeah, three weeks. Th- yeah, there was a lot of that. So there was a lot of timing that had to happen for. That's my understanding industry. that
0: Stevens Pass looked just like a hockey rink.
1: Yeah, it was it was pretty bad. <laughs> um, but there was a lot of roads between uh, cities in uh, Eastern Washington, even you know not traveling the major passes where, you know, self-driving semi-trucks are not going to work. These electric semi-trucks are not going to work. So this should have been a lot more of the article because most of what we depend on as consumers, businesses, you know, if you buy propane, if you are using gas, if you're buying food, if you're anything you're doing, it got here by semi-truck. And so that should have been a much larger piece of the article. So depending on what the bureaucracy does, Mm -hmm. You're not going to see gas prices rise at the pump, folks. So don't be angry at the legislature or happy with the legislature that your gas prices didn't skyrocket after the first of exactly. the year like people were thinking. It's going to be a bureaucratic process that over the next decade, the cost of living for everyone, everywhere, doing anything will go up. And the bureaucracy, the hidden bureaucracy, the deep state, well, be washing their hands of it every single day as you blame every counter that you approach to pay the bill, whether it's in the mail, at the grocery store, at the retail store, you're paying the bill, folks. And it's going to be hard to track down the effects of this, but we'll keep an eye on it for you.
0: You bet. And very, very, very well done. All of that being said, Mike and Tim are out of here today. We'll be back at you and in your face again tomorrow.
1: Bye-bye.